Wilson, you sent the game-winning email at the buzzer, avoiding a 4.55 meeting on everyone's calendar. How did you do it? I got a huge assist from Grammarly, an AI writing partner that helped me make my point. And it works everywhere I write. Summarizing a doc only took one click. When everyone uses Grammarly, everything just makes sense. Go to Grammarly.com slash podcast to download it for free. That's Grammarly.com slash podcast. Easier said, done. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. What is up, everybody? This is Jordan Reigns at the IDP Army and or the Offensive Points at Josh Hall and Billy Mansell. Joe is no longer with us today. Um, he's still he's still living and breathing. He did not get eaten by one of the tornadoes, although he probably should have after all the shit he was talking about Mississippi last time. Um, so here we are. We're going to do us a, a little uh, nice little podcast with me and Bill. Uh, it's been a while since we had a little, uh, I don't want to say solo podcast, but just the two of us. So um, yeah, get ready for potentially arguing, but sometimes we agree. And I, I actually think I find that the least enjoyable. So hopefully we have a little bit of disagreements, but you know, we're going to see, we're going in blind with, uh, with this topic. Uh, so we'll, without further ado, Billy, what do you, what do you want to say, man? Let's introduce yourself uh, to the I want to, I want to start out with, I finally broke down and got a Xbox series X. Bro, I thought um, you were going to say Baker Mayfield jersey, and I was like, that's not I've breaking been, down. That's every day. Uh, I don't know his number yet for the Bucks, or I would already have that jersey. But, um, no, I finally shilled out the money to go get one of those. It's been three years. I've been holding strong, but the Harry Potter game plus. That's hilarious. They did delay that on the Xbox. I know, which is too. ridiculous. Um, but anyway, between that and then just all the new games that are coming out are going to be just exclusive on that. I, I had to finally break down and do it. I haven't done it. Still got the original X bone rocking it, gentlemen. Um, I will well, say I have to you. The only issue I've had so far is not being able to have Harry Potter. And it really hasn't been that big of a, a deal to me because most people that played it either beat it in like three weeks because they have no life or ha- are still playing it because they're, you know, just taking their time with it so yeah exactly yeah so i'll get it eventually and i'll play it but until then yeah all good um yeah until they force the issue i mean why even get one but i you know it financially lined up for me anywho before we get into the topic today let's talk about this austin eckler news um we he had put out there that he was like seeking a trade he kind of mentioned that the chargers kind of mentioned it too um, and then today he came out and said that playing for the Chargers next season would be the worst case scenario for himself. Josh, <laughs> worst case scenario for himself. That doesn't seem great. What do you what what's your reaction to that? I'm honestly not really sure other than the contract what Austin Eckler's disputing. He's been a phenomenal running back on the team and we've seen it many times where people go to a different team and just don't like remain the same as the career wise. So I, I feel like you should, 
yeah, be a little thankful for where you're coming from. I understand the team hasn't had the best success. I can understand why he would want to move to the next thing. I mean, his career, especially as a running back, is, I don't want to say over, but nearing the end, and he wants to be a contributor on a Super Bowl team, and maybe that's what he's not seeing here with the Chargers, which I can, I guess I can understand that part of it, but you might not be the same running back on a different team. You've had really good luck in Los Angeles and San Diego. I think he believed, I believe he was there for San Diego days, but if not just all Los Angeles, like the, the team has been great to you other than the fact that they're not signing long-term contracts. And that's more of a, a product of what the NFL is turning into with running backs. And it's a really weird market for running backs in general, because nobody wants to commit anymore. But I, I don't know, man. I just like a little bit of gratefulness would be nice for him. I mean, he's, has turned out a phenomenal career and been etched in there with LT as a charger all-time running back, I would imagine. So not quite LT status, but you know what I mean? He's that impressive. So it's true. He said on, this was on Sirius <laughs> XM fantasy sports radio. He said, I kind of got punched in the face when the chargers basically said, Hey, we don't want to talk about extensions anymore. He said, this is the organization that I've continued to rise and hit new heights and continue to add more value. So that's how it felt, right? It felt like, wow, this is the first time in my career with them that I felt disrespected by my own organization. So clearly this seems like it's not going to be something that can just be easily glued back together. So I don't know. This is weird because seeking a trade as a running back is a pretty tough proposition, but I don't really know what else he can do. It's not like they're going to release him. I mean, this, this could yeah. be another Elvin Gordon situation. What is it with the Chargers? In this shit, like this is the same scenario that Melvin Gordon had not what four or five years ago. He sat yeah. out that entire year, basically under the same exact thing as what Austin Eckler's bringing up. I don't feel like he's gonna sit out because I think he's seen what sitting out has done to running backs. I mean, Melvin Gordon at least had something left in the tank, uh, sort of, but his career never was the same after the Chargers. Le'Veon Bell, we just you brought up earlier. <laughs> I mean. The, the sitting out and waiting a year and then coming back hasn't looked great for running backs. So I wouldn't take that approach with it. Uh, but I can understand the frustration of not being wanted to just wanted, you know, to getting a, a deal. I mean, I do, I understand that running backs want these long-term deals, but like I would be perfectly acceptable of a two year, really nice deal too. You know what I mean? Like I, 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 you see where the market's at. I want some more, give me more money, but give me less years. I mean, I understand the longevity, but the millions of dollars that these athletes make, and I understand running back position is very undervalued. Not, I'm not quoting that at all, but I'm saying like the millions of dollars that you make, if you signed a two year, $20 million deal right now, you're telling me you wouldn't be financially set for the rest of your life. Like, I mean, it, I guess it's true. It's just, you're wanting, I guess, to maximize your value. I don't know. I don't know why teams don't do like, we'll give you a five-year deal. The front two are loaded. And then the, back three we have a option to get out like why not do that just placate the person give them their quote-unquote long-term contract i mean i guess they're not stupid enough to to is this a Z contract that, or... that fucked everything up like it, i would say I... so that's probably been the biggest disaster but I, honestly like i all, even at the time i think we were all saying seems a bit much why do that I mean, but. at the same time, I know Zeke wasn't like the same elite running back that he was in the future, but we've seen it with guys like Derrick Henry, Adrian Peterson, even in recent years. I mean, yeah. it's not like it's impossible. I think Zeke just was a good running back. I don't think he was ever the great running back. He was just 
the best in his class. He looked world world class his first couple of years and he got that contract and it, it sucks. I mean, you know what I mean? You eat that. Like, yeah, people make bad contracts all the time. Look at the Eagles. First time I'm already mentioning them here. Man, we're only seven minutes in. But I mean, Crazy. Carson Wentz was a terrible contract. It, it happens. Teams eat those like it, it sucks, but it's not the, the, the best thing in the world. But at the same time, like running backs realize that at this moment, I think they're pretty pissed off in general and not being able to get those contracts Saquon with on the franchise tag. I mean, like people want to be paid long term, especially with injuries. That's such a injury ridden position, basically. It's true. Running backs, a young man's game, too. It's tough getting older <clears throat> unless you're literally adrian peterson or derrick henry like they they those are absolute freaks of nature so like they you know they were able yeah, to but could you not see longer. saquon or Bijan not continuing and just being phenomenal i mean todd Gurley was a freak situation that wasn't like he, he was lost anything it's, he didn't. it's crazy that todd Gurley is like five years six years younger than adrian peterson and he was out three years before adrian peterson was like that also he's crazy he was drafted the year before ezekiel elliott and i mean not saying that elliott's doing great or anything but i mean the fact that zeke still has a career at the moment still here yeah yeah so yeah something to be said about that but anyway i don't know i don't really think this is gonna go away quietly but then again with the Lamar Jackson situation, we're still not anywhere progress made. Aaron Rodgers situation, we're still not any, you know, haven't made any progress there. So it's I guess another, we're stuck here. Another Odell, name to keep an eye on during one. the draft that, that could be traded during the draft. I mean, yeah. Could you I imagine the Chargers flipping Eckler for a first round pick? Her I mean, it's possible. Some, I mean, somebody might do it. I don't I don't know. I, it's so it's such a weird time right now for it, but anywho. Let's get on to what we're doing today, which is 2023 breakout candidates. We did this last year. Uh, I would say we were probably about 50-50 in how that went. Um, some people like Jerry Judy did not go on to do much of anything. And then some people like Time Dan out. Why does everyone exactly hate on what Jerry Judy did last year? I'm not saying it was great, but I'm saying he... I mean, I think we expected him to have a top 12 season. He was injured he for a couple games and he had Russell Wilson. So, I mean, I... I... Well, what we thought versus what ended up being did not totally take. So I'm saying it's about 50 50 because Jalen Waddle, we said, was going to be hot and he ended up being hot. So, I mean, we'll see how it goes this year. No Joe today. So we're going to have to, you know, kind of pick up the load with uh, the amount of people we got going here. But all right, Josh, you want to kick us off? You want to say who your first breakout candidate is? I, I actually do. I'm I'm pretty excited about this one. I'm I'm gonna share my screen so it might take me a second here, but I don't think I'm that slow. Uh, so it's the man, the myth, the legend, my man, Jameson Williams. Um, we do, we have not seen much from this guy so far. Uh, first round draft pick of the Detroit Lions last year, unfortunately, got shut down for the majority of last season and kind of essentially played the decoy for it seemed like most of the year, uh, but. Before getting injured in that championship game, he was having one of the most impressive college seasons, averaging 20 yards per catch, uh, and that was on a loaded team already. Um, with what Detroit is trying to do and trying to become and what they were on offense last year, I think Jameson Williams is going to be a giant part of this. Um, now, hopefully fully healthy, presumably. Uh, Chark and Hawkinson are no longer in the mix. Obviously, Hawkinson was traded mid midseason, so that's not really relevant, but Josh Reynolds and Khalif Raymond, along with Chark and Hawkinson, had all around 50 targets apiece last year. Um, and Hawkinson's 50 came in, what, like eight games. So uh, yeah. this 
means there's going to be a large percentage of this high-powered explosive offense just missing. So Jameson Williams, I think, comes and picks up the pieces, um, and we know his route tree is a deep route tree, uh, but I think that they will be using him in a short route. I mean, you see all these giant deep ball college receivers come out, and they're not only deep ball receivers once they actually get their NFL career going. So I think they utilize Jameson Williams in a really smart way. He's a very fast, explosive guy. I think we've kind of determined at this point in general that ACL injuries are not really just a one-year injury anymore. It takes a little bit longer than that. Um, I think in Dynasty, it's going to be a bit challenging to get him, but I feel like you can float a mid-first rounder, inevitably what they probably paid for him last year, to them in this with this draft upcoming. Um, and honestly, in redraft, I think you can keep an eye on him in the mid to late rounds. I, I think the rookies will basically just overshadow him in the drafts. I just Jameson Williams is something exciting about this kid. I know there's not much stats to show, but there it, it's not it wasn't just a oh man that sucks for the lions botched pick but i think people are feeling that way right now if they, if jameson williams is on their team yeah um i would say like dynasty it's probably gonna be tough to get him because if you if you paid for him last year i think you kind of expected that you were going to get some kind of value last season which didn't end up really happening so i i think that's going to be tough redraft though i think that especially in casual leagues where there's people that aren't necessarily paying attention i think they're you're going to get a huge discount for jamison williams and yeah i mean good call i mean this offense is only going to get better i mean it was one of the best offenses last season and i think yeah adding in jamison williams is just you know icing on the cake to an already great offense so yeah yeah. i i'm just excited to see the the potential here and i just feel like with chark getting 800 plus yards and reynolds and uh what's his face getting another 500 ish yards a piece like there's just so many yards out there and catches that are just going to be around and obviously amon ra is still going to have a good season hopefully they get themselves a tight end and you know the running backs i think we already know are going to do something so right no, that's a good pick. I like James. I figured Williams. you weren't going to argue with this one. You will later. Don't worry. I won't. Yeah, I was about to say, I probably will. Um, all right. My first person I'm going to throw out there isn't necessarily – okay, it, saying a breakout is kind of tough, but I think that he is going to be uh, substantially better than he was last year. My first pick is going to be Chris Olave from the Saints. Um, I know first blush, everybody's going to be like, well, I mean, Billy, he finished his wide receiver 22 last season. How exactly is he going to break out? Um, and he's currently being drafted on underdog at wide receiver 14. So that actually even show you even further that people are, are drinking the Kool-Aid. However, I just want to throw out there that I think that he is going to exceed wide receiver 14. I think we're looking at a wide receiver one here, but you're going to be able to get him in the second, third round, fourth round, maybe of redrafts. I, I think that, um, People are going into this thinking that he is just going to be kind of exactly what he was last season. He's going to be on a team with a bad quarterback. But I think Derek Carr can make Olave into the receiver that we were hoping for. The consistency there is going to be key because he had a lot of huge games last year where it was Andy Dalton. Sometimes it was Jameis Winston. You never knew who you were going to get. Sometimes Taysom Hill was throwing the ball. You don't really have many of those problems anymore. Um, So I think with Derek Carr there, Chris Olave is going to exceed – wide receiver 14 and I think he could finish that he could finish the season as wide receiver seven or eight on a good team or on a, a team that's probably not going to be great but I think they will have to score a lot and with Kamara being out the first couple weeks too potentially even though we haven't really got any clarification on that um, I think that the target share there with Derek Carr I mean I, just give me the Chris Olave stock because I think that next season we'll be looking at him as a wide receiver one 
Yeah, I actually can't. I would love to disagree with you, but um, I don't think Derek Carr is a huge upgrade, but he does bring consistency at the very least. Uh, consistently bad, that is. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, but the first, <laughs> the first part of the season, Chris Olave was the guy to have. Everyone saw him, and he was probably in the wide receiver like eight uh, category for most of the career. And as you see in the end, he kind of fell off. He missed a couple of games, uh, was not getting the targets that they needed. And this was a team that was still fighting for the playoffs up until the very end. It's not like they gave up by any means. Um, he was kind of right. just a, a four for 50 yard kind of guy. I do believe I completely agree with you. I think Chris Olave with a consistent quarterback. I mean, look what he did in his rookie year. The man is a monster. I think he was kind of the written off uh, college player coming in the draft. Nobody really wanted him, including yourself, Billy, if I might add, because there's a reason it says drop here. Cause yeah, appreciate that pick. Uh, I didn't know what he was going to be. I don't watch college all that much, but I, I can say that he is the guy. And I think my favorite part about this is the fact that the Michael Thomas experiment is officially over. So we're not well, dealing maybe. with, well, I'm sorry, but we're, 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 back, so I don't know what that means. We're done but... giving up the hope that he's going to return to anything. I don't understand why anyone else is still believing and drinking this Kool-Aid, but Chris Olave is the main guy on this team, and honestly, there's not a whole lot of talent other than him on that. Well, team, even so. if Thomas comes back, Thomas is mainly a slot receiver. Olave is still a down the field guy, so I don't even know if that would necessarily eat into his share. It might eat into like Rashid Shahid's share, um, which you know Michael Thomas is going to be better than that. But I think Olave pre presents a lot of options to where I think this is like Jalen Waddle, where like Jalen Waddle last year. He was pretty good his first season, but second year he was even better. And I think this is a situation like Olave is going to be in. I, I completely agree. I have nothing against this, but I have a feeling you're going to have something against this. Uh, yeah. My next guy is a player who's has, has kind of been completely written off at this point. Uh, I wouldn't say quite as a bust, but as a player who's not in that elite category anymore. And it's, it's my man, Najee Harris. Um, I, he saw some decline in his sophomore year. I, I Nobody can deny that. Jalen Warren did compete for some snaps throughout 2022, but not in a way that should really see Najee decline. What made Najee decline was the team itself not being good. Um, so the, we talked about this in the beginning of the podcast, but if you haven't heard it, the NFL running back landscape is not really the same as what it was even three years ago, much less five years ago. Um, and everyone in the fantasy community is written Najee's last year as this is what he's going to be for the rest of his career. Uh, this, this is a man who's played every game of 2022 and averaged 13 points per game in PPR. That's not bad for a team that was with a rookie quarterback. Um, I, I don't know why this is a bad thing. People are, are upset that Najee was getting him 10 points. I understand you drafted him early. If you're in dynasty and you had him in a different round, then you're feeling a little bit better about him. But I'm not buying this. He he benefited in his rookie year by having an aging Roethlisberger who just could not complete a pass down field at all. So the dump offs were a, a, at a premium at the time. But I believe the Steelers will and can get back to this this year a bit more. Caught the ball very well in both years, even though he didn't have as much last year. He has also yet to really hit his full potential on touchdowns because they don't really score a lot because the team is not great. Uh, with their, I believe this is going to go up in this year. Uh, second second year for Pickett at the helm. They now know what they have in Pickett, at least mildly. He's not a top 10 quarterback. He's not the best thrower in the world. He can make some plays. And how do they work to make this team better? Then 
you know, you give it to the best player on the team and that's Najee. I, I don't understand why people think that this is the end. People are allowed to have down years. It's not a, a decline that's going to continue at the very minimum. He would do this exactly again. Uh, but I, I wouldn't even be upset with it. You got running back 14 on the year, thousand yards rushing, but there's no way this man only gets seven touchdowns again. Like I just, he's a big dude. He's going to be their goal line guy. I just have to get to the goal line. I have to figure out how to use picket correctly. Tomlin's a smart guy. He's going to go out there and he's going to give Najee the ball. So, Okay. Well, I'll give the bad and the good sides of your argument here. Bad side of the argument is that the O-line is still bad. Like they still have not helped him out. Now we have still have a draft. We still have some free agents out there. So it's still time to address that. But for right now, I like that's the continual problem. I don't know what the Steelers have against building a good offensive line, but they clearly need to, you know, get over it. Um, and then the other part is, yeah, the Jalen Warren piece scares me a little. I don't think it's as big of a deal as some people are making it out to be. I've seen a lot of people saying that this could be a split workload. I that, that I think is completely wrong. I think if anything, Najee may be three down, and then you put in Jalen Warren for passing downs or just like weird, like weird plays where maybe you need, you know, like a surprise factor or something. That 500 um, yards has really got people scared, man. I don't really think I know. And I see a lot of people saying that, like, well, he earned he he worked, you know, he earned his chunk of the offense. I'm like, did he, though? I mean, earn it? Like, I don't know. I, don't know I mean, all that. if you look at it, 77 carries for 370 yards. Not great. 272 carries for Najee still like we're not I'm not down and on the yards per carry. It's not it's not looking great. But once again, the offensive line's not great. He's making plays. He's only going to get better. I mean, he's going to get that passing game again. It's not, maybe it won't be 94 targets again, but it will be there. Like they're not going to yeah. not use him. Like Pickett's got to have dump offs. He's got to have that that guy who's reliable. And Najee's that guy. Warren's there to get him not injured, basically. Yeah. So well, and I think the good side of your argument is I think you're going to be able to get Najee kind of cheap. A lot of people were burned by him last year, and they're not going to go for him again. So it's kind of like the Saquon Barkley effect, where like Saquon Barkley got pushed down boards. And then he just came back and had like an, a, a great season and paid off for a lot of those people that were doubting him. I think this could be a similar situation where the first round you might be able to grab one of the best wide receivers. And then the second round you're able to get on that turn, able to get Najee Harris as one of those, you know, early picks in the second round, which he's probably going to exceed that value. I, mean, I think you're right in that aspect. So I can see the good and I can see the bad. I haven't seen the layout of redraft yet. So that's why I wasn't confident on where people are going, but I can see, your well, I don't know, get, getting but... an AJ Brown in the late first and getting Najee mm-hmm. in the early second. I mean, exactly. And you would be happy with that. Yeah. A lot of people would be happy with that. And I see a lot of, and a lot of people will probably be like, Oh, you're taking Najee Harris. You see what happened last year. And it's like, well, you know, this is a new season. I saw what's happening. Josh Jacobs is a perfect example who's been, you know, yeah. kind of yeah. okay and good for his majority of his career and then has the breakout number one running back of the year. I, I mean, obviously the offensive line's not great. I understand that, but I think Najee Harris, who ran on that pretty much that same offensive line the year before, who did fine in the passing game. And I sure Jalen Warren's gonna cut into that, but it's not that he's not capable of catching the ball. So, yeah. I mean, he's still caught like 75% of his targets, which from Pickett and Roethlisberger is pretty great for two seasons for a running back, especially of his size, who I think I was actually shocked to see that he could catch the ball in his rookie year. Yeah. Okay. I have one more normal one before we start getting into kooky. Kooky. Get into stuff. Some kooky so, land. Love that. Uh, yeah, we're going to get kooky, but I'll, I'll do uh, a normal one first. And that is Rashad White 
for the Buccaneers. So 2022, he finishes running back 36. 2023 so far in underdog, he's being drafted as RB29. Um, look, the, the main thing here is opportunity. Fournette's not there anymore. He might sign back, which might make this whole thing irrelevant. Um, but if they are looking towards the future, if they do kind of decide that they're going to bail on this year, we're going to have Baker Mayfield there kind of write us out to maybe get the number one pick. Um, I think that would be a great uh, time to develop a player like Rashad White in this offense. And then you did see the head coach come out and say that he is going to go into the season as the running back one. Like the plan for Rashad White is to begin the season as the running back one. And I think based on the offense, because I know Baker Mayfield's limitations, they're going to have to have a strong running game and they're going to have to try to establish the run. And a player like Rashad White is going to get plenty of chances to give this whole thing a go right off the top. So, I mean, at running back 29, though, you're going to, I mean, that's got to be in the seventh, eighth round, possibly. You're not going to get a better flyer than Rashad White, who is the running back one on a team. Now, Given right now, we don't know what that fully situation is going to look like, but I bet that they go into the season with Rashad White as the running back one, and then if they decide to change everything around, maybe that happens next season. But this season, I think you're going to get a, him getting a good chance to show what he can do. Yeah, I don't. Who's their backup running back at the moment? Chase Edmonds. Okay, so they did. Yes. I was going to say they already signed another guy. It's pretty clear that Fournette's off the team. Rashad White. I don't know if you see the stats on the screen. If you if you're watching our YouTube channel, you are. If you're listening on the podcast, we'll show you some stats on the screen later. Uh, go watch. Go check out our YouTube page. But uh, 14, 13 carries. He was pushing like 12, 16, 16 points a game. Um, I just would love to see this as a full workload. I think his most was mm -hmm. what 22 for 105. Uh, just imagine what 25 could look like against a, a, a bad defense or just, he just has a breakout. Uh, the man had a great year for not even starting really ever. Um, I, I think there's a good chance. Chase Edmonds has really only been a, a good complimentary back th throughout his career. I've actually always, right. I, was, I was rooting for Chase Edmonds to be fair, uh, but that's going to be a, good estimate maybe they touch something in the draft but i would imagine it's more depth at this the point draft is gonna hurt if they, if they go in the fourth third fourth round Ooh. that's gonna hurt but we'll i don't see. think that i don't think it would hurt anything if they grab another rookie as long as it's not Bijan. i mean or gibbs i mean those are the only two that could really hurt rashad's stock i think this might be a good chance to try to throw maybe this is just because i'm we're getting ready for the draft and people are getting excited about draft picks but this might be a good chance to try to get rashad white from somebody i, I feel agree. like it might be a little difficult um I really can't wait till you get into kooky land because right now I'm really enjoying these picks that you have. And didn't well, even think about and Rashad White. The thing is, is like, yeah, he's going as like an underdog at least for best ball leagues. So given it's not a direct one-to-one -one with redraft, but RB 29, I mean, shit, uh, being you, if we left our, our drafts, uh, home league drafts with Rashad White as the like ninth round pick, we would both be ecstatic about that right now. So if that's there's definitely no way that's going to actually happen, there's no way, but like just, right now, like I would right be now, I kind of want to go do an underdog draft is what I'm trying to say. <laughs> just to see if you can get them there. Yeah. Cause I mean, shit, that's, that's great value. And you're getting a player that's probably going to get a chance to be number one. I mean, even if, even if he, I mean, I assume that the stock will rise, especially closer to the draft. Once we get into like actual fantasy football draft season, but at the same time, like even to get him in the sixth round or fifth round, I mean, it's yeah. worth taking a flyer. You already got your top two running backs, top run, top wide receiver. If he's your second running back or third, you're you're set. So. Exactly. Well, speaking of second and third running backs, and probably going to be drafted around the same time, this might be where you uh, you leave me. 
uh, again with the Najee situation, but um, I'm going to the, I'm, I'm going back to the well a little bit, just one more time, uh, kind of a running back who's shown some promise, haven't had the best years in the past. And he also happens to be on the Detroit lions. Um, and no wish Joe was here. Cause this would have been so great, but it's David Montgomery, the ex bear wow. headed to Detroit lions. Um, ha- this, I just, I don't, I, I'm, I'm excited about this because I truly believe in David Montgomery as a running back. And we all saw what Jamal Williams did. And no, not only from the one yard line. I know what you remember. You remember him, all swift uh, managers out there were like, oh, I can't believe Jamal Williams is doing this. The man had over a thousand rushing yards and he did not have a thousand running, uh, rushing touchdowns. So I, he wasn't even considered out of the backfield for receiving either. Like, I think he had probably like 150 yards receiving tops. Uh, probably less did not do the research on that because I know he doesn't catch, but insert David Montgomery, a running back who's mm-hmm. always been able to stay mostly healthy throughout his career. A guy who's averaged 300 receiving yards per season throughout his career. And I think he's, I think he can run the ball from the one yard line, which is exactly what the Jamal Williams role entails. And not to mention this kind of just shows the team's lack of faith in DeAndre Swift's health. Um, I, they they held him out quite a bit throughout the season last year. It was there were some moments where you thought that okay, Swift's healthy again and Jamal Williams was still getting the ball. Montgomery's in line for, in my opinion, the best year of his career. He joined he gets a chance to prove to the Bears twice that they should have signed him uh, to a long term deal. The revenge is just going to be phenomenal whenever he does. One of actually the best O line that Montgomery has ever had a chance to run behind mixed with a team that can actually move the ball downfield. Once again, sorry, Joe, not here to have this one. So, uh, Monty down for well over a thousand yards and give me 12 touchdowns on the year. At least. Um, I don't know. I just, I feel like this is the trade that I'm trying to make in every dynasty move, right? In dynasty league right now. Um, redraft probably going to the fourth, fifth round. Like he always has. Nobody ever is excited about getting Montgomery, but getting 800 yards a season has been great on the worst team in football and still been able to run. This should really finish off your running backs as you're like fifth running or third running back in the fifth, sixth round. You've got wide receivers. You might have a quarterback already. Um, you could have a solid team adding Montgomery to, to your team. Yeah, I will be snapping up a ton of David Montgomery shares in my redraft leagues. I can just already feel like he's going to get pushed down because the Swift contingent is strong and the media that surrounds DeAndre Swift is strong. But the thing is, is like David Montgomery is better than DeAndre Swift. I don't know if I want to say that too loudly because they'll come for me, but I actually think David Montgomery presents a lot of opportunity here. And if I was DeAndre Swift and if I was DeAndre Swift managers, I would be quite concerned that they were ready to bring in someone of David Montgomery's, you know, if you, if you truly believed in Swift, you would have brought in like Dante Foreman, because then that means like Swift is definitely the one and Dante Foreman is definitely the two. But in this situation, I don't know. I I would think David Montgomery's probably going to end up being the one by the end of the season. And then Deandre Swift, while he's, you know, recovering from multiple injuries throughout the season will be the, running back too so i yeah right now definitely the time for david montgomery to come out here swift's probably going to be drafted around earlier if not more than montgomery uh monty has always kind of been hated by the famous not hated uh, it's a strong word uh disliked by the fantasy community as being mediocre or whatever you know what he's been consistent as fuck the man's Mm -hmm. averaging almost 900 yards per year 
uh, in four years, played almost every game, if not every game of his career. I don't know. That's not true. He's missed a few games here and there, but he's played mostly full seasons, still getting a thousand yards. Sure. The touchdowns and yards aren't great. The yards per carry is for a terrible defensive or O-line, a team that also can't really throw the ball for the last three years. I mean, there's been moments in games, and this was also with Herbert coming in uh, and actually running a more consistent like one-two with Montgomery after his injury, and also Justin Fields, who also started scrambling. So that 800 yards last year, don't worry about that. That's that's literally a, a well. That O line was a tragedy a with the Bears. I mean, if Joe was here, he would uh, agree. Like that, that O line was a tragic situation. So he still, averaged four yards rushing. He still got three hundred exactly. yards receiving, and that's and something the Lions that have a much better line. So he's going to be able to. We're actually going to get to see the full David Montgomery experience. Yeah, I'm excited about Montgomery all around. I think it's one of those guys that like it's not a sexy name. It's a very boring name, or at least it seems David Montgomery. Yeah, I kind of fall asleep listening to that name, but. Just watch out for him at the end of the year. And, and not, honestly, not the worst sixth round pick you can make. So I agree. Um, okay. We, we might consider this cuckoo land, but I don't know. We'll see. Uh, my last person I'm going to bring up is going to be Nico Collins of the Houston Texans. Uh, he finished last season as a wide receiver 77. He is currently being drafted as wide receiver 77. Um, listen, so here, here is my argument. For him, A, no Brandon Cooks. B, there is no wide receiver one on the team. Uh, They will be bringing in, I'm assuming, a rookie of some stature there. And then, you know, D, he's going to have a rookie quarterback again. Now, here's the thing, though. Here's the thing that I think that people are kind of blowing out of proportion. He's never played with a good quarterback, ever. Like, Watson was not there for either of the two years that he's played in Houston. We've only gotten to see him play with Davis Mills and others. So I think that Nico Collins has maybe not gotten to show exactly what he is fully capable of. Now I know the the dynasty, the seasoned dynasty people out there uh, know that the hype for Nico Collins has been real for a couple years here. We did expect last year that he was going to make some strides forward because we didn't think Brandon Cooks was going to be on the team the whole year, much less involved in the offense because we thought he was going to get traded. Um, but I think this is the year that we finally see Nico Collins now break out. What does that mean for Nico Collins? I'm thinking maybe a useful flex play because wide receiver 77 denotes definitely on the bench, maybe on the waiver wire. I think he will be at least a useful uh, player on the end of your bench, like a Tyrell Williams, if everybody remembers the Tyrell Williams experience when he was with the Chargers. You never know when to play him, but he was definitely a useful flex player for most of his career. All Nico right, Collins right, kind right. of fit, fills in that blank for me. I, I got to take over here because I need to. we need to define what a breakout player is. Is this just exceeds his ADP? Because breakout player to me is like yes. could be in the top 10, top 15. We're, okay, I just want to make he, sure... He, but I think he could greatly exceed it. Like, would it shock me if he finished as the like 22nd best wide receiver next season? Not necessarily. I like this more for our like late round steals, but I I don't disagree with you because they are going to immediately insert Bryce young or CJ Stroud to this team. I assume. I mean, I don't know. There's been talks about Richardson potentially going in the top two, Uh, but anyway, I mean, you're going to have a quarterback who has potential coming in. And sure, he's going to look for his new rookie uh, as well. I think they're going to probably have some camaraderie because I imagine Quentin uh, Johnson's going there or, you know, Jackson. Um, But I just at the same time, 
Nico as the veteran will hopefully get some looks. He's actually been pretty consistent when healthy. Um, obviously hasn't had a quarterback like we've talked about, but I mean the, the twelves and fifteens and everything is pretty great for a young guy like him with on a really bad team. I just the good thing like, about bad teams, which this team still yeah. will be a bad team is they will be throwing a lot and they will be showing off uh, their new toy and quarterback. So there will be a lot of passes downfield. This team's not going to immediately vault themselves into, you know, playoff contention. They, well, they look could. at, look at who the options right now for Houston is like, just assume that there's a rookie in there too. assume it's a first round rookie. You've got Robert Woods who was in Tennessee. He's last making year. a comeback. Yeah, he, he seems to be that way. You got Nico Collins, Noah Brown, and then uh, that one wide receiver who I can never remember his or not uh, tight end that Mark. I can never remember his name. Um, oh, Pharaoh. Yeah, I think. I think I Dalton Schultz. I forgot about that. Wow. I did not remember that. Brevin Jordan. They any, do have Dalton Schultz now. Any, yeah, that is true. Anywho, I still think that Nico Collins by the end of the season will be fighting for the, the most receptions on the team, or at least the most targets, because I think it's going to take a minute for the rookie to kind of get on line with the other rookie. But I think if you have a player like uh, Nico Collins, who is ready to break out, I think that this will be the opportunity for him. Just saying. I think Nico Collins might be his time to shine. I seem to make sure that we're not saying breakout is in top 10, top 15, because I don't see nope. that happening. That's, That's okay. why I made it sure that it was known as a flex play potential. Tyrell Williams is who I comped him to, which is just hilarious for those or, of us. That or remember. Nelson Aguilar, but that's actually more of a one hit wonder. So Tyrell Williams yeah, is actually more of an all season four hit wonder. Uh, speaking of four hit wonders, Christian Watson has going to have a bad season. And I just want that's just a little oh, extra okay. bonus. That's just a little extra bonus for you guys. Unless somehow Rogers All right. is there. I got two more in Cuckoo Land. You want to visit those real quick? Yeah, let's uh, let's do some Cuckoo Land because I, I okay. Nico Collins was already a bit of a stretch. Also, Bobby Trees is coming back. I just want to let everybody know he got a shit end deal in Tennessee. Nobody could throw the ball there. Bobby Trees, look out for him. I'm not gonna lie, I did forget about Dalton Schultz signing there, so that does kind of hurt my argument a little bit. But I still think wide receiver wise, still not that bad. Okay, back to Cuckoo Land. This one, I don't even think is necessarily cuckoo land. It's just the amount of value you're going to get from him. I'm not really that positive. And that's Trey McBride from the Arizona Cardinals. Um, The thing is, is we are in a huge rebuilding year for the Arizona Cardinals. Um, Kyler's going to be gone for probably the first six weeks, maybe a month. I don't know. I still don't know how long that's going to be. Uh, He finished last season as tight end 37. He's getting drafted this year as tight end 22 which I think is already a bigger vote of confidence than I would have assumed people were giving him. But I would say based on the high draft capital that they gave him last season, uh, the pass catching options are dropping like flies. DeAndre Hopkins might not even be on the team to start the season. Um, and then you just have an aging Zach Ertz, him and Marquise oh, Brown. Oh, calm, calm down. This is where I, I bring you to cuckoo land here. Uh, Trey McBride looked okay as a tight end last year, even when Ertz was off the team or injured throughout the time. Trey McBride did not look good, and I'm hoping he's doing some training in the offseason right now. I actually highly disagree with this. I think this was not quite a Kyle Pitts level mistake in tight ends drafting high, but because you did well, definitely draft not. It was round. like a second rounder. Yeah, I assume you probably was probably a second rounder, especially in uh, dynasty leagues, especially. But I just I don't love what I've seen from Trey McBride and a backup quarterback. I don't see going too much to the tight end. Also, Zacherts will be back. They have him under contract, I believe, for the next two years, at least next year, and they don't really have an out this year, so I should say, 
upcoming. They do have an out. He's 35 years old. So I, the man is still great. You don't you don't replace what's not broken. I don't know. Honestly, I personally think that the Cardinals completely wasted Trey McBride's talent, and I feel like he's going to be a bust because of that. Because he's going to sit behind. It might be he might turn into a Waller and be like that guy. Obviously, not practice squad or anything, but the guy who's just practiced and been backup for so long, and eventually when he's out of Zach Ertz's shadow. Yeah, Trey McBride could be good, but I just I I'm don't not... think he got a full great opportunity last season to show what he could do. Am I against snap. getting Trey McBride as a backup tight end? Absolutely not. I love the idea of taking a shot, but to say he's going to have a breakout year, I mean, sure. Do you count breakout as better than his 230 yards last year? Yes. 265. That was way too close. The fact that I guessed completely on that. It was just ridiculous. I, I don't think he had the right opportunity to show what he can do. We will see what happens in the future. But Trey McBride, it would not shock me this year if he's like Greg Dolchich or something where he comes out of. Oh, calm down. I, I'd be better. You'd be better off just grabbing random tight ends at the end of dynasty drafts. All right, let's continue. Uh, All right. What's your next well, cuckoo land? One last. This is this is the one I've been saving this one. Um, I made the, I made this pretty one specifically for you. Um, <clears throat> my last one is Samaj P. Ryan. Running back for the Denver Broncos. Here is the argument. So last year he finished as running back 33. Uh, This year he's being drafted as running back 44. Um, Here's the one thing. Sean Payton brought him in for a reason. And look, I get it. Javante's there. He definitely is going to get the first crack, I'm sure, being running back one, if he's healthy enough to even start um, after that. But. Samaj P. Ryan was brought there for a reason by Sean Payton. Now, what role is he going to fill for them? I don't necessarily know yet. Backup running back. Maybe. I don't think so, though. Um, he's going, I think he's going to be a viable player in fantasy this year. And I I I definitely can see him being a running back too if things go according to Sean Payton's plan. That's just I, my my thought there. I hate this. Is this is is this where we're at? So Javante Williams gets a pretty bum deal the first two years of his career, um, and we're just we're just completely just whoever's the backup for Javante, pick him up. Uh, that's how I feel about Samaje Piran. I don't I don't think he's nope. a bad running back. New head coach, best. new owner, new GM. You know what that spells? They don't give a f- who was there before they got there. They just don't. This is the best opportunity for Samaje Piran ever. Um, but to get ex- get too excited about this is a little ridiculous. You were talking about uh, he was on one of the best teams in football going to uh, what was pretty much the worst team in football. Uh, hopefully the Broncos can do something different. This Russell Wilson trade has been a fucking abysmal one for them. Um, I think everyone's excited about them getting Russell Wilson because this was just going to open the ball up for Javante. I don't think... You're not going to see Russell Wilson and Samaji P. Ryan out there running things and getting uh, just nasty with fucking 175. Hey, best, one of the best offensive game. coaches in football is not running the offense. Please, like, get, I would love give. to see this. I would love to see the Russell Wilson trade work out, but to say that Russell Wilson and Samaji P. Ryan are like just going to make this take the league by storm when you uh, it's it's a, it's a lot. This is your wildest take, I will say so far. My trust is oh not my in god! Of those is it because he's from fucking Oklahoma, Billy? No, I because mm. of Sean Payton. I keep telling you, the coach is the reason I mentioned him. He brought him there for a reason. They would not have signed him unless Sean Payton wanted to use him for something. And I don't think it's to be the backup. I think it's to be a, a integral part to the offense. 
I really do. No, I, you know what? Okay, I, we got story time about Shaman JP, Ryan. So the first year I ever played Dynasty football, my first draft that I ever did, I drafted this motherfucker sixth overall. Sixth, because he was I a third-round pick to the to the Washington. And I thought, you know what? He's he, he was really great at Oklahoma. I don't see why this his game can't transfer to the NFL. I, I thought he was going to be fantastic. He was dead to me within like a year because he was not useful, not any great part of the offense. He was garbage. Anywho, fast forward, he gets on the Cincinnati Bengals, has a mini resurgence, and I was completely shocked. I could not believe what was happening. Can't believe he was that useful for them even. Um, and then he blew that third down play in a Super Bowl, and you know the rest is history from there. However, now that he's a free agent, he had anywhere to sign in the NFL. I don't think he would have picked Denver if he didn't think that they had a plan for him to be involved. And I think that that is going to be a slept-on part of his of the offseason storyline is that he was brought in there by Sean Payton. I think that's going to mean a lot, to be honest. I hope I'm wrong, but let's go ahead and throw a fireball bet on this because – I love it, but I don't even know what that is. Like, I don't even know what to put on that because it's not we'll, like I think we'll, he's going to. No, no, no. We'll know. We'll know. Okay. Okay. I like we'll this know. bet. I'm just going to write down some JP Ryan. We'll know. <laughs> we'll know. Or good question mark. That's what know. it is. Um, we'll, we'll know if it's not good or good. The worst I, comes I, the I worst, we'll split it, and it'll be like, all right, he got 500 yards, and he had some valuable games when Javante was out for two or something. You know what I mean? But, like, I – at, at the moment, I I do I am very excited to see the Broncos with jo, uh, John Elway gone and Sean Payton coming in, basically just turning this to a completely different organization. Um, I don't I love John Elway. Actually, what it was honestly one of my first loves of football, like back when the little fucking wiffle ball type footballs came out, little throwing as a kid. So, yeah, super excited about that. John Elway, first jersey I ever owned of NFL player. Um, one of really? my favorite players growing up. Yeah. Was didn't really care about the Broncos or whatnot. Just fucking love John Elway. I think I think you a didn't lot have of a Rams jersey with. as a child. Um no I fucking hated the Rams, honestly. If I'm being honest, I'm I'm, I'm not I, I can't say you that I'm glad I can't say that I'm glad they left because I liked watching them play against my team or teams that I wanted to yeah. see. That was always really enjoyable, but like, fuck the Rams uh, all around. Just never really been a huge fan. Mine was a, I had a Tory Holt jersey. That was my first one. All right. That's badass. Um, I, my brother did have an Isaac Bruce jersey. He was always a big fan. I actually got to meet the guy. Bruce super nice was a guy. cool one too. Um, but in general, like just John Elway was just great. I don't know how he's such a bad NFL executive or whatever his position I was. Know. I mean, GM. Michael Jordan's uh, GM of the Bobcats or whatever, and they suck. Yeah, so. but that team always sucked, to be fair. Just the happened. Broncos actually used to be a good team not too long ago, and this Russell Wilson trade. You got Peyton there. Yeah, well, that's true. Not, not Sean Payton, but Peyton Manning. No, I get. I, I know. I knew where you went with that. I mean, that was that was a very impressive, smart move by him. He did get the ring there. That was super cool. But like at the same time, it was not a long term friendly deal. This Russell Wilson thing was supposed to be a five year deal, or like a like a five year like we're the elite team again in this conference, competing with Patrick yeah. Mahomes. It looked like an embarrassment last year. That so. was the thought. Yeah, it's going to be weird. Apparently, I mean, Russell Wilson just seems like not a fun guy to get along with. So we'll see how that goes. Just best of luck to Broncos fans like Bomber who are in for <laughs> Bombers. Who listen to this. This is like, dude, why do you have to trash on my team like that? Yeah, it's true. He'll appreciate um, the Smaje P Ryan take though. All right. Anyway, we got some defensive players. I know we're off yeah. some points, but let's, let's get into some defensive players. And for me, it's, it's time to really talk about uh, some Eagles. It's been a long time. 
Um, I think I mentioned Had to get a little, one in here. I, I mentioned a little Eagles in the first seven minutes. We did chat about that, but uh, haven't actually talked about an actual Eagles player, mainly because they're already good. They can't break out if they're already good, right? Anyway, Nicobe yeah, exactly. Dean is the breakout player for IDP positions or just fun to watch. Um, so Nicobe Dean, sophomore season coming out. This is a guy who was asked about his playing time during uh, the playoff run. Uh, it was quite the end of the season. He was he was asked if he was upset about missing this time on the field and not getting the snaps. And he took it like a true champ and said, you know, honestly, I'm just happy we're winning, happy to be a part of this or- great organization, yada, yada, yada. Practice grinding on special teams. It, this is the, the next Jalen Hurts of this team, but obviously on defense. Um, so vacated from the Eagles between Kaiser White and TJ Edwards are 269 tackles. I didn't make that up. That's a true stat on this Eagles defense. Uh, and while he probably will not be 100% perfect, uh, as he's a bit undersized, and we saw what happened with Isaiah Simmons, he will more than likely cover the tight ends and easily cover, I, I think his, his floor is 100 tackles at the very least. Uh, his ceiling can be upwards of league-leading tackles if he actually can, has the talent and can wrap up and get those tackles. Even if his talent level isn't as refined, these tackles should just basically walk right to him with that D-line. Um, insert Alex Singleton, basically, who wasn't very impressive with the Eagles but had and had loads of missed tackles, but had over 100 tackles in both of his starting seasons with the Eagles back when linebacker was an issue. Um, I'm, I'm thinking at this point, this is your chance to go get Dean. Although this might be a little tough because it's very clear that the Eagles have not done anything about the linebacker position. And he's basically the only one on there along with the guy from the bears who Nicholas Morrow, who everyone was excited about last year. Um, so there's, there's some talent and some young age there, but Dean is 100% starting. There's no way. Hopefully he was in the work uh, in the gym, working out all this off season and just getting ready to be that guy before the season, the free agency news came. Um, and hopefully you already have him waiting in your wings. If you're playing IDP, you might've drafted him last year. He went pretty early, uh, probably late second round, early third. If you were lucky enough to get him, uh, everyone was pretty excited about him, but nobody saw Kaiser white and TJ Edwards doing what they did last year. So I think this is great for the Eagles. I think that they still probably add some linebacker depth in the draft, probably in the later rounds. There are some pretty good guys out there, but Dean's that dude. Yeah, I agree. I mean, I had Dean as my linebacker one going into the uh, draft process last year. Um, I just I loved him at Georgia. He really he was the definition of having that dog in him. Like he was just a really great player there. He was the heart and soul of that defense, which was one of the best college defenses I've ever seen, if not the best college defense I've ever seen. And Dean was the clear and cut leader of that team. So I just yeah. I don't no notes because I'm hoping that Nicobe Dean breaks out. I'm I'm very excited for that. I hope we get it. I was gonna say I traded a lot of stuff for him to Lang in the league, so hopefully uh, it does pan out. But I actually, it's not even just because I'm a homer team player. I just I thought it was weird when we got Dean and didn't use him, but this year he's gonna be used. I agree. Okay, my choice is Willie Gay from the uh, Chiefs. Now. I understand the argument straight away is that Nick Bolton's there and Nick Bolton had a much better season last year than him. However, I think this might be a rising tides raises all boats situation where like, you know, since Nick Bolton is now known, you know, as the best linebacker on the team, I think that might raise Willie Gay's profile too. I mean, he had, I consider somewhat of a breakout season last year. I mean, 
191 points was nothing to sneeze at. That was definitely a decent start. But I think this year we might get closer to the 100 tackles, um, the, just the chance for the tackles for loss and some of those disruptive plays such as interceptions, pass deflections could go up because they might be shifting away from going to Nick Bolton's side of the field. Um, I think that just having Nick Bolton there will raise Willie Gay's profile from what it was last year. And I think we might finally get to see him be who he was drafted to be when he was drafted. We all hoped he was going to be what Nick Bolton ended up being, but I think now we can finally get to it. I was say there was some pretty big disappointment uh, among fantasy. I dropped him. I mean, I had back. him on my team and dropped him in 2021. He, so, he did I have mean, an impressive year last year, though, um, just coming back from those first two years yeah. and not being the guy. Maybe it was he needs to be that linebacker, too. Um, I I actually was not impressed by him. I was He just doesn't look right. But I did. Well, the first two years, year year. I feel the same. And that's why, like I, like I said, I dropped him straight up from my team. I'm, I He was one of my drops to add rookies after the rookie draft in 2021. And now I kind of look back like, damn, I should have I should have gave him one more chance. But I feel like you say that about every player in Dynasty and it never works out. And I think for Willie Gay, that it's going to be one of those that you're actually like, you end up being like, damn, I probably should have kept him. I feel you. I gave up on DJ Chark too soon, although it hasn't like really hurt me, but it, it was happens. one of those things that like he didn't play his rookie year and the Jaguars looked like they were going nowhere. So um, I will say one thing that to be wary, weary of with Willie Gay, you're not worried about uh, Drew Tranquil coming in at all. I mean, not yet. I mean, obviously as we go on and we see that he takes over, but even, I think even then if Willie Gay, like, I think this is the last year of his contract with the chiefs. So I think he's in a contract here. So either a like something's got to happen. He's either going to go to a different team next season, or he's going to come come correct this year and earn his t- contract extension with the Chiefs. So I think you know something's got to give when it comes to that. And I think while Tranquil being there is definitely incentive to keep your play up, I think it's more of like a a backup to be honest. Yeah, I don't know. Tranquil had a pretty good year last year. Um, I. Honestly, I'm not saying it really is going to hurt Bolton's stock, but I think it's going to give more competition for the linebacker one position. I, I don't think Bolton will miss a, a beat. By I, any I means, think but... Bolton's got that locked down. He was like the third best linebacker last year. Oh, no, it was very like impressive that. what he did last year, but I just feel like the competition they might rotate a little bit more too. I'm just I'd just be worried about that. But I, I don't I don't dislike. We'll Bolton. see. I, mean, I don't know. I just... think that's that tranquil thing. news is really what scares me the most is just because he could take over that second slot i mean willie gay i think at the moment it's his job to lose um but tranquil could come in and steal some of the carries right away or carries <laughs> tackles i get it. spots but okay man well, look at that what... we did a podcast in under an hour i know well we would have had gone over an hour but we don't have joe here to break down the masters this weekend this is literally the golf tournament and joe's mia so check out joe's twitter if you uh ever do um Okay, Joe. Too He's going to be posting all the stuff about the Masters and gambling on your underdog drafts. I love. I love my favorite thing about underdog right now is I've been putting in some MLB plays here and there. Uh, but I've been really? pretty. I've been pretty split. Uh, I won a couple. I won a couple bucks. Uh, pretty good bucks on one of the the mm. weeks. But uh, or I said days. It's been one week since football or baseball started. Uh, but I love that golf is like number one on there right now because it's usually NFL and then it's like NBA and then you get into NHL and then. MLB or whatever. MLB is like at the back end of it, but the golf right now is number one because everyone wants money on the Masters just somehow. And those underdog drafts on the Masters are wild. I got one in right now, and I'm pretty excited to see what what they got. But 
probably should ask Joe get, before I did it. I'm gonna have to go get one in, I think, because I, I am gonna I know go names, but I don't know any like the long shots at least. Joe's gonna post something about sleepers of uh masters. We're gonna make him do that. I know he doesn't tweet much, but uh go check out his Twitter, OB Joe with two E's. Go check out me on Twitter, Josh Hall at STL at Josh Hall STL uh and at Ombre Vendor. That's Billy Mansell. That's he sells men in Spanish. Um, yeah. I believe it translates something similar to that. It's not great. We don't want to find out the origin. It's kind of like the Ocho Cinco type thing. Um, it's it's the last name. Can't do anything about that. But anyway, yeah. Billy, you got anything to add before we get out of here? I I don't. I'm the draft is coming. We didn't cover anything draft related this week because we needed. I think we all collectively needed a break from talking about rookies this much. But I think next week we'll be back at it. Um, we're still going to do the well. Some of us are going to do the live uh draft I'm gonna, coverage i'm gonna get in there somehow during some of the draft picks especially around the 10th pick uh i don't know what the rehearsal dinner will entail that day but i will be on here on my phone i don't know there might be some background noise listeners just deal with bear with me yeah anyway we're gonna do it uh you know we've done this two years in a row now we sit on youtube watch the draft and react in real time last year was a whole hell of a lot of fun because of the trades especially the aj brown trade where Josh was on the phone with his dad talking about something completely different. The Lions. I was excited about the Lions, happening. man. They got Jameson Williams and Aiden Hutchinson. <laughs> it was very it was very important. Yeah, and we're trying to discuss with Josh the literal trade that, you know, defined his Super Bowl run this year. Yep, and they'll be doing it again. All right, well, anyway, Can't there's wait. no Joe to, Joe to tell you this time, but good night. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.